Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Texas Tales podcast, the show where we talk about Texas history and enjoy ourselves a cocktail or two. I'm Ryan. And this is Tracy. Why don't you pour yourself a drink and join us for what we're sure will be a stimulating, partially factual Tales About Texas. So we're going to go pretty far off the beaten path. So we're going from talking about Native Americans in Texas. We're talking about uh, Texas independence. We're talking about immigration in Texas, mostly Germans. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about the Chinese in Texas. <laughs> He's, shaking his head. He's shaking his head no. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know anything about that. Yeah, so I'm going to blow your mind with some stuff today. If I don't blow your mind, I'm at least going to enlighten you a little bit into um, some serious Asian culture in a town that you would absolutely expect to have a deep Asian culture. What uh, town? So I say Asian culture in Texas. What town are you thinking? Well, I would, I would think it would be on a coast. I would think it okay. would be like... When we talked about Galveston being a main port, we talked about Indianola being a main port. Yep. It makes sense that, I mean, but gosh, that's such a long, that's such a long trip, right? Yeah. I am just absolutely um, fascinated with, like, just in general, like, Asian culture because it's so um, locked up. Right? Like, it's so foreign to us because they were so closed. It was a closed society. And yeah. Not just Chinese, but, you know, all those cultures, Japanese and Korean and, and everything else. And so it's um, it's such a fact. And they go back forever, it seems like. I mean, they're, they've just been around for so long. And by the way, you and I are the last people to be speaking knowledgeably about the Asian culture. Oh, right. I mean, I mean this is basically... For me, this is an exploration into this because I... Knew nothing about this. All I can say is I appreciate. I appreciate it. And it's very much a strong, like, there's so many traditions mm. that have been, like, we say Texas. Like, we're very proud of being Texans. And I feel like we're, like, fifth generation, sixth generation. Are we? Oh, yeah. No, we go way back. We're pretty, like, we're, we're proud of being Texans. And, 100%. and our family is, is, like, we've had. We got deep roots. Traditions passed down. In Texas. Absolutely. Dude. Asians, bro? Like, <laughs> those go back years. Bro. And I'm not even willing to, like, put, I'm not even willing to, don't fact check me. Hundreds like, I don't of know. Thousands, thousands of years. Millions. <laughs> and really, I feel like it's, it is tradition. And that tradition is as strong today as it was back then. Yeah. Like, I mean, just, I mean, all right, so go ahead. Well, <clears throat> so I'm going to set the stage a bit. It's not. <laughs> a port town. Oh, okay. Um, but if you go back further, I think one of the things to me that is fascinating is that almost since the beginning of time, and I think you could argue before Columbus, sorry, breaking some hearts out there, I think that the Chinese were here long before that, especially on the West Coast. Oh, man, them and, them and everybody else. The Vikings yeah. and everybody, right? Yeah, yeah, so they yeah. were here. So Columbus doesn't own that. I think we can all agree with that. Right. Um, but the... Uh, El Paso 
has one of the El Paso, Texas. El Paso, Texas has one of the deepest, richest, longest histories of Asians in Texas. Do you want to know why? Yeah, I mean, I have no idea why. I don't know anything about. When this. I tell you, you're gonna be like, "Oh, got it." It's not too hard, but it it takes a little bit of getting there. Um, the United States yeah. was building railroads. Oh, okay. Yeah. They wanted to basically bridge the east and the west. Yeah, and they were using uh, like they, labor for that. They were right? using labor yeah. for that, and you know, the labor came in a lot of different colors and backgrounds and whatever. But for whatever reason, and I don't know why, Chinese people came to the United States. I probably need to do a little bit more research. I need to double click on that a little bit. But the Chinese people came here more than any other ethnicity to help build the railroads. Interesting. And, you know, I don't know if it was cheap labor. I don't know if they were looking to make a buck. What I do know is that they worked with the railroads and the whole goal was they were going to be here for a short period of time yep. to build the railroads. They were going to send money back home and eventually go home. Okay. And so you had the railroads being built. I think it was the Southern Railroad. It was being built from the east to the west. And, and one of the joining locations was El Paso. Oh, wow. Well, okay, so what time period is this? So this is, um, it's kind of like uh, mid to late 1800s. Okay. So, um, you know, the dates I saw were kind of 1870, 1880, kind of that time. So everything I think of, when I think of railroads, I think of, and I don't know if this is, is, if this is true or not, but they literally start one section on the East Coast, one section on the West Coast, and they meet in the middle. I think that's generally the case. Okay. And I think in this one, too, it was also the case. Okay. So they were looking to get to um, San Francisco, yep. so the most Western point that they could imagine in California. They were getting there. Um, where the railroad uh, connected, uh -huh. in this case, it was El Paso. Interesting. That was kind of in the line for them. And so um, there were a lot of Chinese men that um, got done building the railroad. They were in El Paso and, you know, they were there. Um, some wanted to stay, but most wanted to leave. And well, sure. They wanted to get home. Right. And by the way, it's a bunch of Asian men. It's not like women were coming along on this trip. Yeah. Right. What are you going to do? Right. right. So they're, they're, they're basically in El Paso now. Their job is done. What are they going to do? In 1882... Um, the United States passes the Chinese Exclusion Act, which did a lot of things for Chinese laborers. But what it basically said was, no Chinese person is going to come or go. Like, so no more coming in. No entry. And no no more going out. Like, like leaving like leaving the States? Leaving the States, coming into the States. You are here. Like, this, it's just, that's where it is. And so what happened was, they so then they got almost like uh, probably a bad thing to say, but landlocked to El Paso, yeah. So they were there, so they had to establish this like community in El Paso. So they got to the end of the line, in the line, and, and that was literally the end of the line. Oh man, that's bad. So, um, there's a whole thing called the Chinese um, Underground Railroad, mm -hmm. and it's not an obvious railroad like we were talking about, it is what you would think about, it is really. It is a way for Chinese individuals to smuggle Chinese family members or like relatives or friends into the United States to live with their relatives. Interesting. And the railroad, this Chinese Underground Railroad, 
came through Mexico. <clears throat> so the Chinese would sail to Mexico and then would come across the border. Many people thought that they actually had dug tunnels under the Rio Grande to get people there. I think that's been pretty ruled out at this point. I think they just smuggled them. Yeah, they just came across yeah. the river however they came across. But over time, the population grew. So at like one point I was reading that the Chinese population was you know, in the single digits of a percentage in El Paso. But over time, they became one of the predominant ethnicities in, in El, El Paso, Paso, Texas. In El Paso, Texas. Okay, so let me ask you this. So my question is, if, one, it's terrible that, I don't know why you would ever say you can't, I mean, maybe, I don't know, why can't you leave? Like, if you want to go, go, right? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't get that. Um, but the Underground Railroad, if you can, like, get people in, wouldn't you just be like, all right, I'm going to leave? <laughs> yeah, I, right? I, like, like, I'm not going to smuggle my entire family in from China into El Paso, Texas. But I'm just going to get my ass out of here. But that and I'm going to go home. That is what they did by the thousands. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. By the like. thousands. So in El Paso today, um, El Paso doesn't have the same Chinese community. So um, um, a little bit after 1882, the, the act, or 1892, around 1892, they kind of overturned it and then... The, the population went the other way. Mm. But it's that kind of like five to 10 years in between that like it got out of hand. So what was happening was um, the Asians or the Chinese at that point, they, they started to own their own restaurants. They started to own their own dry cleaners and their own grocery stores and their own, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they had their own Chinese part of town that they lived in. Yeah. Um, that Chinese part of town, they started growing out of that part of town. Wow. And so as they grew out of that part of town that was just distinctly known as them, they started running into other people that lived in town. And what it really started to do was grow violence towards the Chinese Ugh. because they weren't staying in their part of the, the, the designated town. What's going on in El Paso at this time? Hashtag right? like, I mean, stop Asian, stop Asian hate, hate, bro. Like, what are you doing? Honestly, like it's El Paso, Texas in 18... Whatever. something. Yeah. Like... What are we doing? So there's there's things that I have read that essentially said there were Chinese people that did not feel comfortable coming out of their their houses. So they literally did build tunnels under their part of the town. So they could like they Damn. they could travel and feel safe because they were underground going from house to house. Oh, so it must be building bad. to building, yeah, so on and so forth. Yeah. So it was, it was not a good. Uh, it definitely was not a good thing. So they would essentially come up through like Sonora, in that part. Mm -hmm. They went in through Arizona and then down to El Paso, but El Paso was kind of the hub for everything that they did. That's really sad. I mean, honestly, to come over and take up a job, right? And I'm assuming they came from the West Coast. Right, so they basically built the leg of the railroad from, let's say, San Francisco into El Paso. Right. They get to the end of the line, jobs over, they're left there. Then they have to somehow figure out a way to smuggle their families in to meet them. They're able to do that, which, by the way, is no quick task. Yep. That's you know years, I'm assuming, of correspondence and organization to get that all planned out and done. And then to be so scared for your life. Right? Yep. You brought your family over into this. Um, 
that you resort to building tunnels. Tunnels underground. I mean, their life sounded at that point kind of miserable. They struggled with alcoholism. Ugh. They had opium dens. Yeah, I mean, bad. all the things that even are portrayed in like these old, you know, Western shows or whatever. Like a lot of that was true, but it was actually happening within their own community because these folks were here and they couldn't get home, which is essentially what they wanted to be able to, yeah. what they ultimately wanted to do. Now, this is something that's totally out of my depth because I don't know that is. I'm assuming if you're willing to bring your family over into this scene, then things have to be pretty bad in China or there's a better opportunity here in the States. I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know the dynamic or the thinking behind that. But I'm assuming the thinking is we have more opportunity here, so I'm willing to go this route. Um, that's... That's amazing. I, I mean, honestly, the the uh, the psychology of history blows me away. And in this instance, it's like, all right, what's the thought process on this? Because it sounds pretty rough. Yeah, and so there was actually, um, there was, like today, they have the coyotes that are bringing folks in. It was very similar back then. They had... Um, they had Mexicans that were had jobs to bring these people in, and it was nefarious. It wasn't great, and you know they're bringing these people that are not in great situations off a boat into an even worse situation. Like there's talking about, there's two or three guys, or I think it was two or three that were kind of the known smugglers to bring folks in. They actually said, and and to your point, I'm not sure why they would come, but yeah. over over that period of time that they were doing this, it, it's thought they brought close to 20,000 people in. So it's no small amount of people that they're bringing in. Wow. And then um, it all kind of goes by the wayside around, um, I think it's 19, kind of the early 1900s. Yeah. Smuggling dies down. Americans' policies against Asians, especially the Chinese, kind of subsides. There's another act that overturns the... Like you can travel back and forth between China mm -hmm. and and the population of El Paso goes from very big Chinese weighted to actually not existent at all. They got the hell out and of it. And so what that tells me is, yeah, and to your point earlier, is like that's how bad the situation yeah. was. Like they didn't want to stay. They didn't right. find a better life here. They wanted to get the heck back home. Well, so I'm curious if they did go back home or if they just went to other places, other places. in the States. Yeah, maybe. Um, I'm also curious of, as to what was going on at that time um, that the United States would enact this this policy. Like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going on. That's just, it just doesn't make sense, right? I mean, I I can't um, I can't remember a time where the United States was sore at China. I mean, back in those days, to where it would warrant such a thing, especially when we've been using uh, or we've been uh, bringing people in for for projects and for labor and, and things like that so there's a lot of questions um it, it it's a fascinating story i think it's a i think it's an interesting piece who of, would have it, guessed it, well and yeah and i think the thing that so i was researching a lot of different things around this and and um but what got me was i was really looking at like the railroads right. and i was i was actually going to go down a path of the railroads and talk about the railroads and how it really opened up the west of yeah. texas and mm -hmm. so on and so forth but then i got to this and i was like I guess to your point, 
Chinese in El Paso. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I wouldn't order seafood in Lubbock. I'm probably not ordering Chinese in El Paso. And so it's like, yeah. tell me more about this. Right. And then I started reading into it and I read about the violence of it. And by the way, this wasn't, um, this was not just a Texas problem. This was a United States, the, the, um, the, the hatred of Asians was at an all time high for the United States at this point to where they basically said, listen, you're stuck here. Like yeah. we're not going back and forth. You're no more coming in, no more going out. Like you're here. And it opened up in a, a complete, this huge business. And these guys made millions of dollars smuggling these folks in, um, through, through Mexico, through Northern Mexico into, to El Paso. And it seems like El Paso was the hotbed in Texas for this. I didn't see this elsewhere. And I think it does. It goes back to the railroad piece of it, right? Well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That so, makes sense. I, I'm just, I'm so fascinated by this story because I never would have guessed there would be a large population of Chinese in El Paso. Um, it makes sense with the railroad, right? In the project that they were on. Uh, I've always heard that there was um, a lot of labor that was used for the railroads when it came yep. um, to that to that side of things. I... I just don't know anything about it. You know what I mean? Like it's I mean, it's so fascinating. The idea of the states closing the borders to a specific population—it's so weird to me. Like there has to have been a reason for that. And then also, um, the hatred that was going on that made life so miserable in that in that time yeah, period. Yeah, so much to unwind there. Uh, yeah, just super super bizarre. Um, but again, uh, just another piece of. You know what it, history. It, it also says to me a lot is like, um, there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Like, you know, it's here we are way. in this world where, you know, and, and I'm not going to be political at all in this. Like, but we're through the cycle again of, you know, I said, hashtag stop Asian hate. Like, that's the hashtag, right? right? So you're in this cycle. Maybe that's a little bit why I glommed onto this because it's convenient and easy because that's kind of where we are right now. But um, it's just really interesting that these things are not new to us. We've done this before. Right. We'll do it again. Yeah. You know, and uh, but this was a this was a very interesting moment in time. They also went on to say that the very same thing was happening in San Francisco. The very same thing was happening out east. So this was a United States problem. Yeah. Right. And um, it wasn't just a Texas problem. But um, I didn't know that uh, there was such kind of a, the deep roots of the Asians in, or the Chinese in El Paso. And it's just something I was like, I got to dig into this. Yeah, well, and again, it's one of those things where it's um, history that you don't know. Like it's yeah. never been taught to you. No. And it's, 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 it's so sad to me because it's history, right? You can't, like these are the pages that I think that you and I enjoy the most yes. is and it's not because of the actual history itself. Like it's not pleasant to find out or read, but it's history. It happened. Yeah. You can't act like it didn't happen. Right. And it doesn't serve. I mean, it doesn't serve anybody to forget it or to um, act like we're better than that because we aren't. Yeah. We're all just uh... that that happened and we're a product of that. Yeah. Right. And you you can only learn from it. And so it's super um, interesting to me when we come across stories like this that neither one of us have ever heard, mm -hmm. but that absolutely dominated a person's life or a family's life for an extended number of years. Yes. Um, 
they lived through that man and that's yeah. that's uh just a, a very unique story and i'd love to learn more about it and i think that we should definitely try and uh, uh i guarantee you that this is the beginning of yeah, the journey yeah. not the end do another sure. episode on that thanks man yep All right, friends, that's going to do it for this episode of the Texas Tales podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. If you'd like to keep up with us outside of the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at TXTalesPodcast, or you can visit our online store at www.independencetrailretail.com for all things Texas swag. I'm Ryan, and that's Tracy. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.